Hi, room one. It's five o'clock on Wednesday, um, October 12th, and we're ready to get started with some coaching. Um, we have some people in attendance already, so I renamed one of you. The other one of you looks like you probably already renamed yourself, but um, I... I will just leave that as is. And if you want to change it to something that's a little, you know, whatever you want, then that's fine. So let's get started. How's everybody doing? Are there any volunteers? We have more people joining. Um, yeah. So if there are any volunteers, I'm going to turn this light out because it is creating a bit of a, look at this reflection. <laughs> Okay, we have a volunteer. Here we go. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I haven't heard your sweet voice in a while. Oh, and my sweet voice is a little buzzed tonight, so I'll try <laughs> to be coherent. <laughs> I'm <love> sorry. That. <laughs> That's uh, and to be fair, if anybody else has something to talk about, please feel free to raise your hand. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm a little embarrassed that I haven't really had time to think through this with the model and everything. But I had an interesting thing happen yesterday that I thought might be of interest to the group. Let's do it. Okay. So I was in clinic. And one of our trusted PAs, senior experienced, comes over and finds me in clinic and says, doctor who's on call today would like you to look at this kid in the ED and uh, he defers to, to your, my opinion about what should happen with this kid. Mm -hmm. And so we look and I say, okay. Fine, put him in a splint, send him home. I'll see him back to put a cast on him and PD ortho. Yeah. At least that wasn't obvious. Um, <laughs> and she says, the PA says, great. We already put a splint on him. I'll let him know. Okay. And then the ED doc calls me a bit verklempt that he doesn't agree with my plan. Okay. And he says, I have never treated this kind of an injury this way. Basically the, so what I didn't know when I was first pulled into this was that the person who was on call, who is a white haired man mm -hmm. had already made a plan. And that plan was to admit the child for observation for 24 hours. Okay. And I said, put him in a splint, send him home. I'll see him back for a cast later. So the ED doc, who's a relatively young person, calls and is clearly unhappy, distrusting of my plan. Mm -hmm. Why are you changing the plan? Et cetera, et cetera. And I said, look, I'm sorry. I didn't realize there was already a plan in place. This is what I would do. Um, and just lots of distrust and questioning. And, you know, I said, look, I'm sorry. I said, I don't know. I was asked my opinion. This is my opinion. 
And then it turned into a, a little bit of a pissing contest and mm. uh, the ED doc saying, well, are you going to put in the DC order? And I go, no, I haven't, <laughs> haven't even seen the patient. <laughs> no, I'm not putting in the discharge order. Um, anyway, it just like turned into this whole kind of fiasco. But at the core of it was the ED doc really questioning my opinion. Yeah. As really the most qualified person of anyone involved to make a decision about this kid's care. Yeah. Was like a three-year-old with a tibia fracture or something. (laughs) Oh my God. You're so smart. (laughs) Seven-year-old, but sure. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So this is so awesome. And I really appreciate you bringing it to the group because this is a really good um, way we can make a model for people who aren't used to making a model for themselves when these things come up. So for here, for the circumstance line, we're going to say ED doc says, I've never seen that. I've never seen this treated this way. Right. Okay. And then that is kind of like the thing that happens outside of you that triggers you to think something. And so what did you think? What, what came up? Oh, I guess I thought you don't trust me. You don't think I'm qualified to make this call? Yeah. Um, and then when you think that thought, how do you feel? Um, uh, frustrated, belittled, probably what do you mostly think frustrated. Is, what do you think is the thing that like really colors your experience? The, the, the emotion that would like really kind of capsulate your experience of this? Um, probably pissed off. <laughs> okay. Um, the reason I ask is because like, it's really your experience. And so you're, the ED doc has his own experience and the white haired man has his experience and the seven year old patient has their experience. But really the only thing we can do anything about is yours. Yeah. So or ex- exasperated might be a better, you know, might just like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want my opinion? I gave my opinion. You don't like my opinion. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so then, so then when you're pissed off, what do you do? vent yeah like we about myself second guess Mm -hmm. that's it and I did contact another colleague last night and go am I crazy this is this is like acceptable treatment right yeah so reach out for um like validation yeah Okay. And so then the result here is, is that we make it a situation where then suddenly we don't think we're qualified. Yes. And somehow it got, it became this morning as I was driving to work, I I thought, would that ED doc's response have been different if I were also a white haired 
man? Good question. And, you know, and we'll never know the answer to that. But, of course, that's where my mind goes. You know, and then, like, I'm driving to work this morning thinking, God damn it. I am a fully trained, board certified, subspecially trained pediatric orthopedic surgeon. Like, I was literally, of all the people involved in that child's care, mm-hmm. I was the most qualified to treat the child. Yeah. And I, in there too, I actually called the mom. I was busy in clinic. I called her over in the ED and had a conversation and she was perfectly fine with the plan. Mm-hmm. We even, the clinic nurses said, well, we're not that busy right now. Why don't we just go put the cast on right now? So we like did that family a tremendous service. The kid was autistic and nonverbal and, you know, all this other mm-hmm. so Saved them a trip of having to return to clinic to get their cast on. And like, I'm ultimately very content with the care that that was provided. But I can't shake this feeling that this ED doc doesn't trust me. Yeah. So that's the problem, right? Like, because your experience of your life in these moments are now filled with self-doubt and, and like, exasperation and anger and frustration and all of that, like you experience that this other guy is in his model doing something else. Like, and maybe he trusts you. Maybe he doesn't. It's that's like a completely separate issue. But what is so fascinating is, is what we create in our own experience, (laughs) which may, it may or may not be true. Like, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't think you're qualified, but let's just say for argument's sake, he doesn't. So what? Like, how does that change anything? If it's true that he doesn't think you're qualified, do you still like believe him? No, I say a big F you if you don't think I'm qualified because I'm qualified. That's right. (laughs) So it's so funny. It's like, it doesn't even matter what he thinks. It doesn't matter if he thinks you're qualified or not qualified because you know you're qualified. You know, isn't it? Int- but we do this all <laughs> the time. We do it. And it sucks your energy and it drains you completely. And and then we are just not even in a position to even have like a cogent conversation with people about our qualifications because we're so yep. freaking mad and you know, like, well, you're an idiot or, you know, like, or do you know what I'm saying? It just like yep. completely the energy that we show up with because yes. we show up as somebody who's not qualified. Well, and I found myself feeling it necessary to explain myself and, and, stand up for myself to the PAs who were involved and to the nurses who were involved. I felt the need to like defend myself Mm -hmm. in this situation. So I'll add defend myself here because again, that like, I'm going to put, I don't know if you can see what I'm doing, but I'm putting defend myself in the action line because that goes with the thought and the feeling. So for those of you who are learning how to use the model, the circumstance happens outside of you. It's the thing that your brain is trying to make sense of. 
And so in this model, this surgeon made it, made this ED comments, the ED doctor's comment mean he doesn't think she's qualified. So then she's mad, upset, all of the feelings and those feelings then drive your actions, which in this case is venting, second guessing yourself, reaching out for validation and defending yourself. And you create this reality where you don't think you're qualified because you're like so busy trying to like prove it that you're qualified. And this result then like is so important to see how it ties back to that. It doesn't really tie back to the circumstance because um like maybe i mean this could mean like a thousand different things like we could line up i'm beating i'm beating this up um like like a dead horse as that as they say rainbow sparkles because i just really want people to understand how to use this tool yeah Um, no worries i'm I'm happy to be a dead horse to beat okay so like if we lined up a hundred orthopedic surgeons or a hundred surgeons who had the ED doctor say this, I've never seen this treatment before. We would have a hundred different thoughts about that based Mm -hmm. on the meaning we make in our own brain. So we know that the circumstance itself is neutral. And, um, but the meaning we make out of it is very much not neutral because we're making this mean that there's something wrong with you. And so then, then that's great. It's a good, um, it's a good level of awareness to have so then we can figure out like what's the truth here. So if you, you know, are now, you know, a day removed from it and you and you can see it clearly, like what do you think all this is trying to tell you about you? Oh my god. Um I think I do think I'm qualified. And I'm really tired of other people acting like I'm not. Yeah. So maybe you're like fed up. You know, I'm I'm taking over a practice for a different white haired man who was really not practicing gold standard treatment for the past Ooh. 20 years. So maybe you have integrity. Well, I like to think so, but. This, my predecessor is literally seen as a saint. And so when I do things differently, I'm questioned a lot. And I'm finding that I have to re- defend myself a lot to say, no, no, this is the current gold standard treatment. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is the current teaching. Um, yeah. Oh, that's an interesting word teaching. Um, because there's a big difference between like feeling like you have to defend yourself and feeling like you have the ability to teach somebody something. hmm. So it's really exhausting to like kind of constantly feel like we have to be in conflict about being a woman in, um, you know, in a man's world and in surgery and all of that. And I'm not saying that that isn't true because I think that it is like, there's very clear, um, gender bias in our daily experience. But if we want to kind of be in charge of our own experience, like you can use this sort of thing to ask yourself, well, what is worth my energy here? Like, is it worth my energy to be in defense Because there might be some circumstances where you're like, yes, it is, because this is important to me. And I want this person to know this will not be tolerated or blah, blah, blah. 
Mm. Or there might be other circumstances where you're like, well, this really isn't worth my energy right now, but it's an opportunity for me to educate somebody and then they can do with that what they want. But it's like a really different demand on your system. So interestingly, I do a lot of education and precisely because I am taking over for someone who maybe wasn't practicing gold standard treatment. And it has, a, it has crossed my mind in the past 24 hours to reach out to this ED doc. And I'm not sure say exactly what, say something like, hey, I really wasn't comfortable with our interaction the other day. Just wanted to reconfirm that in this patient population, blah, 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 that's perfectly standard treatment to send them home. Uh, I don't know. Or do I just let it go? I honestly got distracted with other things and just let it go today. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the beautiful thing that you can answer for yourself. And that's where then you have agency with it. It's like you get to decide what to do with it. If it's important to you, if there's something here that you feel is a value for your precious energy, then go for it. And I can imagine how, especially since you mentioned this is a new ED doc, and I think from kind of the little bits and pieces I put together with your practice um, location that it might not, they might not have like tons of resources. Yeah. Um, Like this could be sort of one of those things that opens up a door for a conversation around what people are comfortable with and not comfortable with pediatric orthopedic care. Yeah. You know, which I think would be valuable. This ED doc is actually the son of a senior ED doc. Yeah. So it's like, Hey, I noticed that, you know, you said you'd never seen this kind of treatment before. And, um, I wonder, is there any, is there anything else that you are, you know, feeling uncomfortable with, and maybe we could create like a a lunch and learn or whatever. Now I'm not trying to volunteer you for more work. Yeah, no, that's a, that's actually a great way of approaching it that, yeah, are there other topics that, you know, would be helpful to review? Because here's the thing, like you are the expert, you are highly qualified. That doesn't mean that you're infallible and will never make a mistake or maybe you will never make a mistake. I don't know. I think you're amazing, but, um, (laughs) The, the whole issue is, is that you can believe in yourself a hundred percent and still meet this guy with his, whatever he's thinking and feeling with whatever energy you want to commit to it. And it can look like anything you want it to look like. It can look, you can be pissed off. There's nothing wrong with that too. Like that's a perfectly valid human emotion that I feel like reveals something to you about you, which is like, yeah, like you have integrity. You care about what happens to these patients and you care about what it's going to cost to the system. And you care about this person being autistic and maybe not being in the hospital is as important as overnight observation. Like there are so many layers to this situation that just point to you being qualified. Yeah. You know, so, um, I just, I did it again where I just get on this, like the words just start spilling out and I completely lost my track. Oh, yeah. But the point, the point is, is that it's your choice. Like you have human emotions. And if 
being pissed is a human emotion, then just like be pissed. There's, there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. But I just want to encourage you to give yourself a break. Yeah. I think uh, sitting with it for a day or two and deciding if I want to reach out to him, I think I will, you know, and just say, I wasn't comfortable with our interaction the other day and just wanted to reiterate that this is the way we treat these. And these are all the reasons why. And let me know if there are other PD ortho topics that might be of interest for, you know, increasing people's comfort with level with that. Absolutely. And that sort of interaction creates a relationship. Yeah, I should say has like a greater chance of creating a relationship than not, if that's what you desire. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would like to have, you know, collegial relationships. It makes such a difference when you're on call. If you get a call from somebody with whom you have built some sort of collegial relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And right now I feel like this guy is very adversarial and doesn't trust me. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Right. But your experience of that is what you have the control over. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you bringing that to the group. This is a very, very good example of how to use the model and, um, you know, how to see what your, what your emotions are trying to tell you. And like, there's always a little juicy nugget in there. Kind of like the signpost of something about, I think, our internal compass, which Mm -hmm. drives us all. And I feel like the the more and more we get in touch with that internal compass, the more we are willing to actually listen and follow the internal compass. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really cool. You know, like if you were just like completely apathetic about it, then that's also not awesome. Right. Yeah. Like it's good to have human emotions around this stuff. Yay, Rainbow Sprinkles. Well, thank you for joining us. <laughs> we have another person that's volunteering. So I'm going to go ahead and disable your talking. And then before we bring on the next person, I'm going to rename her. Quick, 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 just quick, quick, quick. Um, I just picked a Greek letter for one of us. So I'll pick another Greek letter for you. Um, all right, Delta. Hi, Jess. Thank you. Um, this is this is actually a good segue with the last with Rainbow Sprinkles, as a matter of fact. Um, it's like similar kind 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 of the the. I think I just need to vent, Please. or I need to like I'm kind of in a thought loop where I can't get myself. I'm having a hard time like jumping out of it, and so I just want to bring this up and see what if you have what feedback you have. But yes. So I started, can I make a comment about that? Yeah. I was coaching somebody one-on-one the other day who was judging herself about how much she was talking and she was venting and she was judging the fact that she was venting. And I was like, what do you think it is to journal? You're like literally venting at a piece of paper. It's not really different to vent to another, like out loud versus on a piece of paper. So I just really want to applaud you for even using that language around, I need to vent because sometimes that's what we need to do is it just needs to get out. So, yeah. And go. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think by talking about it, I, it will just, it'll move my thoughts just like journaling. It'll it'll allow me to like move forward. Cause I'm 100%. stuck. So I told you, I briefly told you, and I don't need to go into the whole story about how I got reported for yes. not what, so in rea- the, the, the bottom line is that not what I said, but how I said it. So oh, I didn't yes. say anything bad. I'm not like doing anything horrible, you know, like, but I, I, I said things disrespectfully and got reported for it. And I have a lot of thoughts about that, you know, um, but that's, I don't know that they're helpful at the moment. Mm-hmm. What I, what my deeper, I think I, I'm not, placing blame or anything, but I kind of feel like my mind is a little bit poisoned by the doctor Facebook groups. Oh, in that... <laughs> oh yes. Okay. Go on. Yeah. Because I am, I'm on team MD, you know, <laughs> like in terms of how I view the you know, NPPA sort of like takeover of healthcare in America. Mm -hmm. Um, And why am I on team MD? I mean, and the only reason really is Facebook. I never would have noticed this, this issue. I never would have never would have even crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, when I was in medical school, I like, and my, I always touted that I went to an NP for my, as my primary care doctor and, you know, primary care provider and I always, um, and my, my mom also liked going to an NP mm-hmm. and I always thought that was like a great thing. You know, I was like, yeah, cause I don't know, I guess maybe I felt like it was kind of a feminist thing, all these things tagged to it. Yeah. And, um, and other, other thoughts surrounding that. And I was just always, and I always, and I always was, you know, physician assistant. I always, I never had any negative thoughts about that career. Um, and, um, where I, where I train, they were largely not that clinically good, um, to be honest. And now where I work, they're excellent, mm-hmm. like excellent. Um, and so the, uh, I, oh, my husband is doing the dishes, of course, it's not going to close the door. And so, um, the other thing is that I, um, also the term provider. I, when I learned the term provider, I was like, this is the most useful term of all times because, <laughs> you know, when you're talking to patients, you're like, okay, someone's going to come here, but they might not be a resident and they might not be an attending and they might not be, and they're going to be, or they might, the, the nurse, like the nurse, someone is going to come here later and tell you X, Y, or Z, you know, like some result. Yeah. And so now to be, so then when I learned, you could say, oh, the provider is coming. It became like, a lot easier to communicate because <laughs> you, you know because you don't and so of course like I've read a number of things about you know scope creep and like PAs you know PAs and NPs sort of like you know slowly but surely dominating medicine and it like you know like kind of diluting the quality of care in some ways and all this jazz anyway I, I guess so. I mean like I'll I, I kind of have believed all of that and I'm and taking it to heart too much. Sure. And so I get, I, I, I feel like I've inadvertently become annoyed with 
the NPs and PAs that work with us. Mm-hmm. And um, it they didn't do anything wrong. It's not their fault. But I like hold this grudge against them. And um, in particular, when they tell me that, oh, this patient's going to need surgery, you know, and I'm like, and my knee jerk reaction is like, don't you tell me who needs surgery? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, of course, in my mind, I would never say it like that. But in my tone and demeanor, I express that. And um, until I make my own assessment. And so anyway, this isn't working out for me. <laughs> having all these like negative thoughts about PAs and NPs, it's not helping. And I got in trouble for like how I act around them. And they are also extremely skillful and helpful, like extremely helpful, like extremely, I can't even begin to tell you. And so like when, you know, I was having a meeting with their, one of their leadership people about my negative commentary or about my negative attitude or whatever um I was they were giving examples and I was giving examples and um I was giving examples of where the PAs fell short in their assessment and why I was short or curt with like what actually needed like to happen but they were they they might have on that instance whatever these examples were they might have missed like five percent and if we had reversed roles and I was presenting them, I might've missed 5%, maybe 20%. You know, it's hard to like, I feel like present the entire, co- it's easier to be the person asking the questions than one providing the answers, you know? And yeah. so, you know, you, a lot of times, so, I mean, it's not even their skill or anything. And so after saying all that, I was like, I just want to be clear. Like they're not, def- they're not deficient by at all. They're, they're actually incredible. So I don't, I just was annoyed because they didn't, they were saying this X, Y, these there were two examples, patients need surgery when we could not possibly agree to surgery without these other pieces of information they were missing. And I was unhappy that they were missing that. Anyway, I'm getting too into the weeds of it. So I need to change my thinking. I need to not, I don't know, like I like the Facebook groups. Like I like learning. I feel like I learn a lot. I've, but I, I feel like the, as a previous mentor of mine would say, the juice to squeeze ratio is, uh, it's just not, there anymore and I think it's really harming my my thinking I don't know what do you what do you think (laughs) I love this I love it so much this is very tasty so I took a couple notes what you have just described it really really encapsulates a few really important concepts number one is what we take in, whether it's a news feed on Facebook or, you know, TV or whatever, it really impacts what we think and it impacts what we believe. And so I, I love how much awareness you have around this right now to like be curious and question, oh my gosh, I wonder if all of these messages that I have been taking in have affected my thinking. And it's another really great opportunity to be like, well, what's true for me? Because I'm reading what other people say is true for them. But so often we just like jump on and we agree. And it and there's almost like this 
um, um, I'm trying to think of the right word for it. It's like strength in numbers kind of thing. It's like jumping on a bandwagon and like, we think? Feel good. yeah, it's like you really get, get charged, like belonging to a group that has these, um, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, this is a great lesson because now we're like, Oh, but what's true for me? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's really good to learn that because here's the funny thing is that so often two things can be true at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like you're right. All of those people with their experience, which my guess is, is largely like primary care people whose jobs may be more threatened than ours. You know, like they may have, they may be able to see more truth in that messaging. And so maybe that's impacting the way people communicate. And maybe that's true in their world. And it can also be true at the same time that you find it phenomenally helpful to have a physician extender on your team. Like you can also think that it looks like there are some areas where medicine is being outsourced to physician extenders. And that's kind of scary. And at the same time, completely love the ones that you have and never, ever want to let them go. Like both can be true at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's hard. I'm, I've always, I was saying it to my husband today, like I've always been a, and now this is an always statement that, <laughs> but I, I, I tend towards black and white thinking. Oh uh, yeah. So do, you know? so do all of us. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, you know, like whenever I, if I go, I go hard, like with, mm-hmm. with most, with almost everything in life, you know, yeah. like, um, and, uh, so. Well, you're trained to, you know, yeah. you're trained to. And now this is an example of just some training. It's like getting deconditioned, basically. This, I know what you've been through recently has been very unpleasant, but it's really just training on how to, you know, like maybe see things differently or maybe understand your capacity, which at one time, you know, you really thought was just black or white, but what if your capacity to see things is actually super colorful? Yeah. And how else would you know that without going through these things? Yeah. Also true. Also true. And the funny thing is, is that most of the time we're living in a giant paradox. Like most of the time, all we're able to see is like one tiny little frame of the overarching movie. Like we only get that one frame in our brain. That's all it wants to see. That's kind of like basic neurobiology, but that's not the truth. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, you're totally right there. Um, And, and let me just add one more thing. You don't have to beat yourself up either. Like this can be one of those situations that's like full of fascination and wonder of like, oh my gosh, this is like amazing. It's like when Dorothy arrives in Oz, you know? Yeah. She wasn't like, well, why the hell did I land in Oz? 
Yeah, no, I, I know. And to be honest, like from the moment that this happened, I well, not maybe the, the exact well, right when I when I saw the meeting with the amongst like the the, the these four people, the, the three three people and myself, I was like, oh boy. From the moment that happened, I saw that on my calendar. I was like, okay. And I started thinking and game planning and like analyzing like why this meeting was upcoming. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it happened. And I spent a lot of time, you know, like reviewing and thinking and analyzing this whole thing. And, and I've, I've looked at it from the, from nearly the beginning as like, as like, honestly, and I, I'm not just like drinking the Kool-Aid, like an incredible growth opportunity because I've always, I, I want to like kind of level up my maturity and yeah. I want to be more of an adult in the room when things, you know, in, in, in all facets of my work I have for a while, yeah. but I've had a lot of difficulty doing that. And so I do see this as a way for me to, you know, kind of forced, but that's okay. Like to, to learn a new kind of like behavior pattern. I totally see that. Um, and believe in it. Um, I guess. And so, yeah. So identifying like the, you know, these, these negative thoughts I have about them is like, I mean, yeah, is, is a big part of me trying to sort of, um, reverse that thinking or change it because I, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I have to work with them next week. I I'm on with them next week. And like, um, you know, again, back to that, I'm not sure, quite sure how, how to act now, you know, do I address this? Do I not address this? Do I just go in acting bubbly? Do I go in acting curt? Like, I don't, do I just keep it short? You know, like uh, the whole thing is like, uh, well, but I hear what you're, but I, but yes, what you have said about, um, looking at this as a growth opportunity, I agree. Um, and I, I mean, it's easy in this, you know, with you right now or journaling or in all the other things that I'm doing, like about this issue, it's easy to do that. And then, but, and then next week, um, you know, like, I, I guess the rubber hits the road and like, I have to work with them every day. And yeah. so I just don't know. And, and so of course, like emotions run high and someone told me to read the, read a book called crucial conversations, which I'm interested. I'll look up, look into, um, but you know, how to have a conversation when your emotions are like keyed, keyed up, yeah. but I don't know. I just, you know, I, yeah, that's sort of the next stage is like now working with these people that, you know, like yeah my mind immediately wants to go to like try to get me fired even though they didn't they were just reporting that they were unhappy but it's not like they were like sure. to, you know, so just... I have a couple of um things like one just on a practical level having ways to regulate your nervous system I think can be super super helpful like first and foremost so that you can be very regulated in your own body and experience this all of this, because really all I'm ever interested in for you guys as, as members of this group is how you can have like optimize your experience of your life. So nervous system regulation and whatever form that works for you, I think is really, really useful when you're facing going back. The other thing that I think is a very 
powerful tool is vulnerability, which also requires a lot of emotional maturity, which you just mentioned, you know, wanting to kind of be the adult and have a more mature kind of presence and that sort of thing. And it seems scary and challenging to want to be vulnerable with other people, especially when, you know, there's a bit of a hierarchy on the team. Um, but if I may tell you, I did this recently with my own MP who I value greatly. I mean, she's amazing. She's been doing pediatric orthopedics for 15 years and she is freaking fantastic. And something happened recently where I really snapped at her and like, chewed, I, I really bit her head off because I was overwhelmed and I was, you know, in my own model. And after the fact, I, I kind of took care of what she was asking me to do. And I came back and in a very sincere and tender conversation, I explained to her, I, I basically revealed vulnerability to her and was just like, I am so deeply sorry. I do not want to treat you that way. That is not how I see you. I value you. And I didn't feel at all like I was, you know, like making myself less of a leader. In fact, I felt like I was making myself more of a leader because I was trying to show her how much value she adds to our team. And, and that's where the whole thing ended because it was a sort of situation where she easily could have written me up easily because I was a major asshole to her. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, in whatever way being a mature leader looks to you, because that's what you mentioned you desired. Yeah. And whatever that looks like, that will give you your roadmap to how you go back to these people. Yeah, I think you're right there. I know I'm not, I'm still like a little, I'm still pissed, you know, to like really go and be vulnerable. I'm still kind of pissed that they reported me instead of just, instead of, I don't know, it's kind of a weird paradox actually, because I'm pissed that they reported me and didn't tell me to my face, mm -hmm. but I want there, I want there to be a hierarchy, you know? So like where, you know, I, I guess where I want there to be some type of, I, I, I had, I was looking for a hierarchy. I felt like they were kind of overstepping their boundaries. And so now I want them to, you know, like, It's just funny how I, I like I, I don't want them to, there to be a hierarchy so they'll come and tell me these things instead of going around around me. But then at the same time, um, I don't want them to overstep the hierarchy and yeah. tell me when I should do surgery or not. You know, I want them. I want I want it both ways, which is like silly. Um, but no, it's not. I, it's not yeah. silly. It's not yeah. silly at all. Like all all of this is is you learning that there is room for all of these things to exist at the same time. Yeah. I think I'm just still like hurt because I, I still, I'm, yeah. So I, I feel like I can't fully be vulnerable yet. I don't know why, but I just, I still am like, I thought they liked me. I thought we were, I thought we were like kind of friendly, like friends-ish, you know, like there's, there's all these details, but I'm not like, you don't know. Like mm -hmm. I actually we did used to be friends with one of them and we like hung out outside of work often and all this stuff. It was the whole thing. Um, and so I'm still like, I can't believe they 
would do that <laughs> and make it so yeah. formal with like all the, the bosses involved and all this stuff. Like, it's like, I still, I, so to go back and be vulnerable just feels like that's, I don't know. I feel like an old me would have been that way, but now I feel like it's kind of like a little bit of the, the injustice has been done. And so I don't, I don't know, making myself vulnerable. I feel like you're saying, I guess, I think what you're saying though, about approach, like identifying in my mind, what a mature leader, what that means. And then embracing those qualities. Yes. Is probably, I think you're right. We'll be, we'll be speaking my own truth and not like, cause I just don't want to go in there and be fake and then have to like maintain this fake right. persona, you know, cause there that's like go. impossible. So then <laughs> yeah. there you go. You just, with all of this verbalization, you just said what it is that you would just want to be, you want to show up authentically and you don't want to be fake. Yeah. So that's all you have to do. Yeah. And then there their response and their experience is their business, but you can stay true to yourself and your desires and your values. And you can show up as the person that you envision is a mature leader, whatever it is that you desire. And if that's being authentic, then from that framework, you can, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it might be interesting. I mean, it since it sounds like you have a little bit of time between now and next week, I guess. Yeah. Not tomorrow when you have to go have a meeting with people. Right? No, I've had a lot of time. Wait, there yeah. was strangely, there was like literally six weeks in between the meeting and when I have to work with them again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it. Well, how great is that though? That's, I know. That's so been great. awesome. So, so it's been so great. So it might be an interesting exercise to just be like, well, what does a mature leader look like to me? Like, what does that mean to me? How do I want to embody being a mature leader? Um, and there was one other thing mm. that I wanted to say, crap, I keep doing this. It's perimenopause, you guys. Um, mm-hmm. There was one other thing. Is like, how do I approach them? Or like, what do I say to them? Or what do I, you know, that's my. Mm. Yeah. Like, what does it look like to you? And, um, oh gosh, this is very important. Let me just offer to you that you already are a mature leader. It's already happening because a mature leader probably as somebody who goes through an experience like this, trying to expand and trying to open their point of view, trying to understand where other people are coming from and trying to maintain what is best for patient care and create a hierarchy within a team that is highly functional. Like that is a mature leader. And you are already doing that because you're, you're contemplating all of these things. And so what we're learning is that this isn't something that you're going to be achieving at some point in time. It is already happening. Yeah. 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 And so what would you feel if you believed that, that you already are a mature leader? Uh, um, 
Well, it makes me wish that they could have seen that. <laughs> right, but they're going to have the opportunity to see it, yeah. you know, next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. Like, I am um, a totally different. I mean, yeah. No, I know. I, and really, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but the only thing that really matters is if you see it. Yeah, I do. I I do. You know, just like that's the weird thing is that, you know, I've been doing coaching with you guys like since like now it's almost coming up on two years. I know you're an inaugural member. (laughs) I know. I know. Founder. And I have like literally my life has like literally like just completely done a 180 and everything is going in the right direction and everything I wanted. Like it's incredible. It is incredible. You, you, I'm like, you, it's like incredible. And I, so it like, I'm hitting my stride with my academics and like my personal health and like my just general wellness and my family and everything. I'm just like, wow. And I've read all these wellness books and like, it's every, it's like amazing. And I'm so happy. And it's just like, how I was like, why did this come now? I'm fine. I'm hitting my stride. Yeah. And now this insult comes and you know, this thing that feels insulting. I'm like, God damn it. Why, why now? And so um, you're ready for is, the next step. Yeah, it's possible. I, yeah, that's a possible. I like, I like the sound of that. Um, so yeah. That's um, the funny thing about this growth. It's like, we start with low hanging fruit and, and that's like great because we start to really make amazing changes and, and, and it's not easy. None of this stuff is easy. And, and so you just like keep grabbing the fruit and you're grabbing the fruit and you're making changes and, you know, you're feeling like you have agency in your life and things are going in the right direction. You go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and then wham. Okay. There's another level. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's exactly like that. And so that to me, it just feels so it's kind of been like, like, I'm like, well, I'm glad I've done all this work so I can handle this, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Perfect. But yeah, I'm also like, perfect. that's weird. Cause I thought that I was getting myself in a place where things like this, like wouldn't happen, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, that's okay. Like it's, that's, you're right. the, it, yeah. that's the most important thing you just said is like, we're trying to get ourselves into a place where this stuff won't happen. And there is no such place. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. there is no such place. There is always going to be the next thing they smack you in the face. Yeah, you're there right. will always be the next thing to slap you in the face, and and that's just life. Yeah, that's just life. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, I know, and I think I have eyes. I can see that now too, in like all, in every, and really in everything. I know you're right. You're totally right. <laughs> I uh, and I also think I probably had a, I had a blind spot towards this, you know, um, and. Um, uh, yeah. And so yeah. I'm glad now that I, I, I am glad that, that I can, that this, I, I mean, and I truly am glad that this has happened, I yeah. guess. And, and, and on a philosophical level, it's still on the personal level that I'm like, like I'm still, but I, you know, I don't know. We'll see how next week goes. To be honest, these PAs are actually very mature and wonderful people. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep thinking of the one, the lead one that I know it, that's, that, that I'm sure certain led this complaint, this whole thing. Cause she, I, I remember her complaining about other, 
attendings to, we used to be friends, like hung out outside of work and she would complain about other attendings um, and how they had to be. She's like, well, we had to work on that one. Or she would, she was complaining about how she had to change other attendings behaviors through reporting and things like that. Yeah. And at the time I was like, wow, that person must've been such a jerk. (laughs) You know, is it what I thought in my head? And now the fact that I am the one that she has reported is like, I'm just like, what? I don't know. Um, it's just, yeah, that's, um, I've heard you say a couple times though, that like you're hurt and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And you know, you yes. had a relate, you have a relationship with this person. This person has really, you know, I mean, what you're going through is I think totally normal to feel hurt and we all process that emotion in our own time. And so it's just, you know, however long it takes yeah. to sort of process that. And I wonder, you know, what that's telling you, just the hurt that you feel like, is that giving you more information about you or about your relationship you thought you had with this person? You know, that could be super important information too. Yeah. 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 This, this issue is an onion. <laughs> it is. It's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, I'm sorry that you're going through it, but I'm also like so yeah. so grateful that you're bringing it to us and giving us um like follow up from last time. Um the other thing that you just mentioned now is blind spots. So, it's so interesting that terminology is perfect because we don't know what we don't know and we always are going to have blind spots, but like now having awareness that you had a blind spot And it's like, that also kind of gives you an opportunity to say, okay, well, I wonder where else I could have a blind spot. And maybe you have one and maybe you don't, but just being open and Mm -hmm. not closed to the ideas. I think each of these things that you're going through is like more reps. You're building down new neural pathways and each each time you're kind of processing these things that you're talking about just lays down more strength within those neural pathways where it does get easier and you get more fortified so that then the next thing comes along and you have the strength to deal with that and you have tools and resources and then the next thing comes along and you know what I'm saying? It just, it's like, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I really love that terminology of like, Oh, now I, I had a blind spot and now, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know. I, I, I just came up with it now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you are I'm, most definitely yeah. a mature, yeah. you're mature. That's, this is it. It's happening. The maturity yeah. is happening right now. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. You can give yourself <laughs> full permission to embody that. Yeah, I think you're right too. I like how you said that because it's okay to be, because I'm like, why don't, okay, like I've thought all this through, I figured it all out, like, for the, you know, for the most part, a lot of aspects of this, not all of it, obviously it's an onion, but you know, I've, I've gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, this is time to, time to, time to move on. Yeah. <laughs> this is analyzed. Um, but <laughs> the hurt, but the hurt, I think that's something, I think you're right there is that that's, it's okay to feel that. And that will just have to pass what, as it passes, as all hurt does eventually with time, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just have to wait that one out. Yeah. Cause I'm like, okay, I thought it through. Why don't I feel better? I think that's also where I'm at. Like, great. Why don't I feel great now? Like, and it, I think that's the, that's the, that's the, 
crux of the matter that you've said is that I'm yeah. still hurt. Yeah. Maybe yeah, that's you, exactly it. Maybe if you just find out what the hurt means, it's like, it's gotta mean something about something you need, you want, or something you value. Yeah. Um, and you know, like only, you know, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Delta. Thank you. <laughs> that was super generous of you to bring that. Thank, to you. Thank you so much. Mature. Um, well, I think we're pretty well close to the top of the hour now. So if you have any parting words, Delta, or if anybody else has anything they want to just pop in there real quick. Um, otherwise we can call it. Yeah. Okie dokie. Good luck with everything. And we will stay tuned for sure. <laughs> Thanks. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Good have night. a good one. Bye. Bye-bye.